morning. I am so excited to have my Steiger friends here with me. All sitting up here looking beautiful. Um, who was here? I'm going to do a little interactive, sorry, but who was here last week or watched the service? And what is Chapel Hill's vision? To move this generation. Let me hear it again. To move this generation from culture to kingdom. And how are we going to learn about our culture? Steiger! Yes! Yes. This is Felipe Machado. Did I say it right? Yes. Yes. Um, he has a title that's like this long, and I'm not going to say it. No. It's um, North American and Asia Pacific Director of Regional Something or Other. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I first met, oh, before I say this, I want you to meet these people. Okay, these are amazing people, and these are the people that I was talking about last week in that video from all over the world, here, living in our city, being missionaries to our neighbors. So please take time after service to get to know these people, because they are amazing. Um, I first met Felipe in about October 2020. Yes. Uh, if you were around, he was here. We were on video. It was quarantine. <laughs> and my dear friends, other friends from Steiger, um, uh, Alexi and Maria were here worshiping, and you were on the worship team with them. Yes. And it was very weird because this whole room was empty. <laughs> yes. But then Felipe talked to us more about the pioneer, pioneering team that was here at that time. But all that to say, he's not new to Chapel Hill, but we are very happy you're here. Mm -hmm. And if you'll give me a minute, I'd love to pray for you. Yes. Father God, I thank you so much for Felipe, for Steiger, for the work they do, for their hearts that are so completely for you, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would give Felipe wisdom in the words he speaks, that you would speak through him, that you would give us hearts and ears to hear the words and just a drive to be moved to action. Um, thank you, Lord Jesus. And I forgot to say, sorry, <laughs> um, in your bulletin, there's a little uh, insert, and that is how we're gonna learn a little more about our culture. So I just wanna really encourage you to register, come back next week, one to four, there's free daycare, uh, and Felipe will be back with us. Yes, thank you, Kim, yes. Good morning, everybody. I'm gonna be back next week, and my team will be with me as well, so I would love if you guys stand up first here. This is Allison, my wife. Kim, you should stand up as well, you're part of our team. Yes. So, Allison, my beautiful wife, Carolina, my dear friend, and Yusuf, my dear friend, Tenhiki as well. These guys are awesome. They are all missionaries to this, this generation. I love them. As, as King said, we, we have a table outside with some books and some other resources, ways to get involved and things like that. So afterwards, our friends will be there. I'm going to go there as well. Come, let's talk. Let's hang out. Let's get to know each other more. And I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, Father, I, I pray once again, and I ask you to speak to all of us, Lord. We need you. So open our hearts, and Lord, would you, would you give me words for all of us that we m might see you, experience you once again, and live encouraged from this morning. 
In Jesus' name, amen. So, I grew up in Sao Paulo. It's a big city in Brazil. And as I was growing up, I was exposed to a lot of injustice and corruption. Unfortunately, this is pretty much part of what happens in Brazil and in Sao Paulo, in a big city like that. And I grew angry with all of that. As a teenager, I discovered a passion for rock music, guitar. I started playing guitar. And I made friends. I joined bands. And we had something in common, my friends and I. We were all angry with this situation, with this injustice. So we were talking about it. We were singing about it. We were all raging against the machine. The system is broken. It needs change. And that's what we cared about. That's what we were talking about. One day, after a concert, you know, I was playing with different bands in different festivals and venues. And after one of these concerts, I met a, a guy, and he was an interesting-looking guy with these long dreadlocks, and he's a dude. And he came to me, and he said, yo, I really liked your band. And he was speaking English in Sao Paulo, which was, for me, was so different. And he said, I really liked your band, great music, great attitude. I said, yeah, that's awesome, thank you. And then he said, you know, what are you talking about? You should talk about something that changes the world. And I said, yes, you can imagine. I was like, yes, that's what we are doing. That's what we, are, that's what we want to do with our music, with our bands. And then he said, you should go to all clubs, all festivals around Sao Paulo, and you should share the message of Jesus. You should talk about Jesus because that's what changes the world. And then he lost me a little bit. I was like, all right, changing the world, I really, it really resonates with me. But like talking about Jesus, how does that going to really do something? And I think many of you guys know who am I talking about. <laughs> His name is David Pierce. He, he's the founder of Steiger. And he was, at that time, he was traveling in Brazil. He was touring with his band, No Longer Music. And his band, that's what his band does. They come to secular festivals, secular venues, and they bring a performance that has rock music, special effects, and they show the person of Jesus, his death, and his resurrection. And they preach a clear message of the cross. Now, I didn't see the band, his band, playing back then. I just met him, and a few weeks after that, I got a call. Another friend called in, he was like, hey, David talked to me about you and your band, and I would like to get to know you. Would you come and meet with me? So I, I came and met with that guy, and he was like, I want to start a new project here, and we're going to use music and special effects, and we're going to go to clubs in Sao Paulo and to all festivals, and we're going to share about Jesus. And I, I need a band, and you have a band, and David told me you guys are, are cool, so I would like to invite you to be part of that. I really like the, really the guy, and I, I play in all kinds of bands. I don't fully understand this whole idea of talking about Jesus in these clubs, but I said, yes, let's do it. So then we started working together. We, we came up with this whole concert with special effects and theater and all of that and finally we scheduled our first 
show. It, was, it would happen in a club in Sao Paulo. I knew that club very well. It's called Blue Beer. In Portuguese, it's Cerveja Azul. And I got there to Blue Beer. It was on a Wednesday night, very late night. And we had a few, not too was not too big of a crowd, but we had a, a group of guys there. They were all creatives, all underground people. And I, I was used to do that. I get to the clubs. I set up equipment. We get behind stage. We get prepared. And in that case, we prayed. And then I come to the stage and I play with all my heart. That's what I'm, I always do. And our concert, we had the person of Jesus. My friend was, uh, he was an actor doing this person of Jesus, and then he dies, and it's a silent moment, and I start a sound with the guitar, and then he raises from the dead, and then we end the concert with him speaking to the crowd, and he says, we are here, guys, sharing this message and talking about Jesus this way because we believe it's real. We believe he's alive, and if you want to know about him, you should come and talk to us right after the concert. And what I experienced that day, it was, it was, it's hard to put in words. I felt something, it was a heavy presence in the room. And everyone came. We had about 15 people, it was not a big crowd, but all of them came in front of the stage. The guy that was in the sound board, he also came. And there was a guy outside in the bar area. And he also left and he came. And we became, we became a circle. And I saw these guys saying, like, I have never heard anything like that. I feel it. It's so strong. I need to know this Jesus you are talking about. One of the guys, he went to his knees and he started crying. And then my friends came there and they started praying for him. And I was exposed to something that I have never seen before. And I remember that I drove back home that night and I was so confused. I was like, what did I just see? And it was just like that. Something that actually changes people's lives. Something that actually changes the world. All my bands talk about it. But all we do is to perform and have some beer and go home and nothing changes. But what I experienced that day was different. Something changed in me. So, a journey started there for me, and it's still happening. I'm here now. It's, it happened 15 years ago, and it was just the beginning. And God's, God's good to me. He rescued me. And I'm, I'm grateful to be here with you guys. I want to read a story in the Bible. It's an amazing story. And I believe it speaks to my story, and I believe it also speaks to your story. And I believe we... We'll hear God's voice through it. That's, that's my expectation to this morning. Uh, so I have some pictures of my bands. Check this out. We were there performing in clubs. It was always like that, a little angry. And, and this is what I experienced time after time with this band. When, I, when we share the message of the cross, uh, people respond in a, in a beautiful way. And time after time, people were raising their hands. I want to know this Jesus you are talking about. I would like to read with you, it's a story that is in the book of Luke, chapter 24. We're going to read from the verses 13 to 
32. Can you open your Bibles and we, we read together? Luke 24. And the context here is, Jesus was going from town to town, from village to village, and he was, he was saying, the kingdom of heaven is here. It's here, now. And people saw his powerful words and deeds, and they were following him. It was, a, it was a, an amazing thing happening right there. And then he goes to Jerusalem, and he dies. And this is the third day. The disciples, they were, they were all confused. They don't know what's going on now. They are afraid. And this story, it's about two of them. And that morning, early morning, woman went to the, to the tomb and they didn't find the body. They said they saw angels. They came back and everybody was confused. And then we jump to this story here. So verse 13, it says, Now, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? Interesting question. They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here these days? Jesus says, what things? About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, Jesus said to them, How foolish you are and slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning from Moses... And all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he, was, if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went and stayed with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread, he gave thanks, 
he broke it and began to give to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? What an amazing story. They just encountered the resurrected Jesus. There are three, three points that I want to highlight here in this morning with you guys. The first one is that the text emphasizes that they are walking and they are talking to each other about everything that has happened. It says this twice. And the first point that I want to highlight is that these guys were very busy in their minds, in their hearts, with what has happened, and they are talking to each other. I don't know if you have experienced this before. I have. I have gone through situations that made me question, and I feel like I am, you know, chewing and chewing what's going on and trying to make sense in my mind. And it drains me. And I feel like it's something similar It's happening with those guys. They are trying to make sense and they are walking and they are chewing all of that and asking questions and they are confused. I think we all go through things like this. The second thing that I want to highlight is that they did not recognize Jesus when Jesus started walking with them. They were Jesus' followers. Something kept them from recognizing Jesus. Now, there's another information here that makes me really relate this to my own journey. These guys are going to a mass. And there's a scholar that I heard him talking about an explanation for that. It's, it's a possible explanation for that. But in, in this village, Emmaus, in this region, 150 years before, there was a revolt led by a guy called Judas Maccabee. And him and his family, you know, they were Jewish guys and they were under the Roman Empire oppression. And they revolted and they gained some freedom. It was successful to a certain level. And it was a very famous story there. Everybody knows that this happened in that area. So the fact that these guys are going to Emmaus might be an indicative that this is the sort of revolution they were expecting to. They say here, we had hopes that Jesus would be the one that would redeem Israel. They were under oppression. And they were looking for some sort of revolution. But now Jesus died under the Roman Empire. And everything became confusing for them. I believe they had such expectations about who Jesus was supposed to be. Or what Jesus was supposed to do. That it kept them from recognizing who Jesus really is. And I relate to that. Because there was brokenness. It's true. 
there is injustice and corruption in the city where I grew up. But the type of revolution that I was looking for, it's not going to solve anything. There's something else. That's what Jesus is pointing to. And then from Moses, the prophets, Jesus opened scripture and explained to them what had to happen with the Messiah. They had wrong expectations about what Jesus is supposed to do or who Jesus is supposed to be. Now, here is the third point that I want to highlight from the text. Jesus opened Scripture. Jesus explained these things to them. And then they get to this place where they were going to. And these guys say, hey, stay with us. It's night. Let's stay. Let's stay together. But they still didn't recognize him. And he enters and stays with them. And finally, when they sit at the table, it's an intimate moment. When they break bread together, Jesus gave thanks, broke the bread, gave to them. And in that intimate space, their eyes are open. Now they see Jesus. And then Jesus disappears from their sight. <laughs> Which is an interesting thing, right? We wouldn't expect that in the story, but it happens. And if you continue to read that, it's an amazing chapter. I encourage you to read maybe, maybe today again. They, they go back. They go back to Jerusalem. They meet the guys again. And then, and then finally Jesus appears to all of them. And the chapter that starts with confusion, broken hearts, Mourning ends with joy, rejoice, and amazement. The Roman Empire still has power. That doesn't matter anymore. Jesus is alive. Everything turns upside down. Now, what happened with me is that what I expecting to happen in the outside world, type of revolution. I don't want to see this sort of injustice and corruption anymore. It's actually started to happen in my heart. That revolution that I expected started to happen in my heart when I saw God's power in action. That it was not just an ideology, but it was a person. And he met me. And he rescued me. And something changed forever. This is what these guys experienced there. And I believe that when they are busy trying to make sense of things in their own minds, man, they get stuck in it. And that keeps them from seeing the reality. The reality of Jesus. Jesus resurrected it changes our expectations. It changes the reality around of us. And this is, this is my takeaway for you guys here and for me. You know, it's, 
This word is pretty much something that I am meditating in these past weeks once again. And it's the beginning of the, a new year still, 2024, January. And usually, I believe many of us, we look at the year and we think about what are we going to plan? How do we want this year to be? Or what do we expect at the end of the year? Or maybe we are looking, looking back and thinking about what happened in this past year. And maybe we are trying to make sense of things. And my encouragement for you is that how about looking at the reality of our life in light of the reality of Jesus resurrected? We live in times that we are all trying to make sense of things, and the world is crazy. And this year won't be very easy here. There will be elections coming, and all around the world things are crazy, right? It's difficult, and it's, it's difficult for all of us. But it gets much harder, or impossible, I would say, if we don't look at things in light of this truth, how could we live? Where would I be if I don't know that Jesus is alive? It's not an, it's not an idea. It's a reality. Today, Jesus is here. So that's my encouragement. You know, what, is, what are the ideas of success for this year? Or maybe we are looking for, you know, we all want to get to the end of the year more secure, maybe, you know, stable and good. And, and this is fine. This is, this is okay. This is fine. But it's, if we lose the perspective of let me look at all of these in light of the Jesus resurrected. And let me create some reality in my life here, very practical reality of intimacy with Jesus. This is where my eyes will be open. And then all the circumstances and everything else will make sense in light of Jesus is alive. We are free. We have life. And we can proclaim this to the world which is so hungry and thirsty for this truth. Can I pray? Father, I am so humbled by your, your word and the reality of you are alive. You raised from the dead. And we, as followers of Jesus, we need to look at this world in light of this truth. Otherwise, we're going to get confused. But let us see you, Lord. Open our eyes so that we see this reality. And then everything else, Lord, we bring before you. You give us the daily bread, the daily need to understand, to see, and the calling of being your light into this world as we see the reality of you resurrected. I believe young people today are looking for answers. They are looking for you at the end. They are thirsty for this 
for this water that can actually satisfy, that can actually change the world, that can actually change them. And I believe you're calling all of us to be the ones that have intimacy with you, have our eyes open so that we go into this world to make disciples, to announce very good news. You are alive. There is hope. So I pray, Lord, for all of us this morning that these words will reach our hearts and speak to us in the particular ways you are speaking to each one of us and encourage us, Lord, to look at even the hardships we go through in light of you are alive. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.